0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Horrorheads podcast. I am Rich Mallory. I am here with my co host, Jerry Lorenko.
1: What's up, everyone? Back at again.
0: And I noticed you're wearing an Amityville horror hoodie. Let me check that
1: out. Oh, yeah, check that out, man. That's the hood.
0: Very cool. So, for those of you who don't know, Jerry lives in New York and he lives in Amityville. And I believe you live up the block from that house. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty spooky place, man. A lot of weird people.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was I was in that house one time. Um, I worked with this woman, older woman who was giving me a computer and I had to go into that house to get the computer. And when I got there, the computer wasn't ready or she had to delete her file. So I was basically just wandering around uh, that house and Hmm. no ghosts. But it did have like a weird it had a really weird, creepy feeling, but it was also like a weird woman that lived there and like it, it just didn't feel like it was a big house with one person it felt very empty and it definitely had like a spooky vibe to it did you feel
1: the laptop was haunted
0: well it didn't really work that well so i think it was did
1: it did you finish your book report and it erased it for you yeah
0: Yeah, as soon as i got the computer like it barely worked it was it was a piece of shit i know why she was giving it away to me
1: yeah because it was haunted yeah exactly exactly and my life has
0: been a a mess ever since it's it's even though i threw the computer out like nothing but bad things are happening to me
1: you, you know, I know I know we just started here and we're just, we're just getting into this episode, but I mean, honestly, this is like um, kind of inspiring a, a really good idea. Uh, we should definitely do an Amityville episode and maybe go through the catalog of the like 23 different movies that they have. Um, <laughs> I happen to catch a bit of a marathon starting at like 9 a.m. today. I probably watched four or five of them in a row. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, were they all terrible or like horrible? Every one of <laughs> them, but but let's save it for the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I don't think I've seen that many of them. The one I remember is the one where there was like a haunted dollhouse. I remember. that. Uh,
1: one, uh, yeah. Me. I mean, now there's like a, like a, a a haunted lamp. There's a, a a wolf. There's a a whole bunch of different things.
0: Is there one about my haunted computer, or do we have to
1: make yes. that set? That... Yes, and um, that woman was the co-writer, from my understand. <laughs> so
0: awesome. Well, anyway, th- um, this is our second episode. We survived the first one, and we said, let's do it again. Fuck it, it was fun. Just like last time. Before we get into it, we're gonna drink some bourbon, right? Oh. I mean, let's. That's why I came here. So, what do you got? What are you drinking tonight?
1: We got something special here.
0: Oh, Wild Turkey 101. Damn, That's you're looking at the burn.
1: Pouring it right now.
0: I'm going to drink a little Woodford. Oh. One of my favorite bourbon of all time, there is the Double Oaked from Woodford, which I bought this because it was cheaper.
1: That looks nice. It has a red label on yeah, it. It, it sure. says
0: Distiller Select.
1: Mm, yeah, that is different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to drink some of it. All right. Yeah, my, my show a little bit. Well, well, cheers, man. This is great. I just want to say congrats to you. You had a big week yourself. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Rich's new film just came out. So uh, why don't you uh, take a sip and tell us a little bit about the bourbon and then about your movie. How does that sound?
0: Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the plug. I was actually like, how do I like wedge that in? But yeah, my, my new film, We Are Wolves, uh, just released on Tubi TV. You can watch it for free with ads. It's a very... Oh, yeah. Sexy LGBT BDSM thriller. I wouldn't say it's horror, but it does have some horror elements to it. I think the horror kids will like it. Um, but yeah, super, super awesome movie. You should all check it out if you want to see something different, it's something you haven't seen before.
1: Well, I'm definitely going to check it out. So Hell I'm yeah. excited
0: to see that. But damn, this tastes good. <laughs> yeah, so, tell me about it. What do you got? How's how it taste, taste. taste? What do you, so what what do is you the taste proof in that? This? So this is 90 proof. Damn. Which I think is a little high for a Woodford, right? Isn't it usually like 80s?
1: It's usually in the 80s, yeah.
0: Yeah, it feels good. You definitely get that kick. Uh it definitely it definitely feels like a like an intense bourbon. I'm really, really enjoying it. Somehow I drank half the bottle. I don't remember doing that, but <laughs> I guess I did. What about you? How, what do you got there? So you're drinking the, the Turk?
1: Yeah, I got this Wild Turkey 101. I mean, it ha- it packs a punch. This thing, it is fiery. It it hits with a with a massive kick as soon as it touches your tongue it's it's burning uh but yet uh i know i said this last week and people probably are going to think it's the only flavor i could taste which is possible but it definitely has a caramel kind of taste to it it's a little sweet and then it gets a little like kind of oaky like a barrel at the end so i think it's uh a great taste it's easy sipping but um you could get fucked up (laughs) so you're gonna get get fucked up and say some fucked up shit i'm guessing yeah but it it is affordable and it's um i mean for the price there's there's really i i haven't found anything better than it um and i don't know if anyone from wild turkey is out there listening but if you want that was a plug and if you want to send me a check I'll give you the address in the comments you know it's funny because i think we used to kind
0: of hate on wild turkey without actually drinking it i think we just always thought it's oh it's cheap it's just like whatever and then i and correct me if i'm wrong i think we went to like a bourbon conference
1: mm-hmm. and people yeah. were
0: talking about the one-on-one and, like, and I, like so many people were talking about it as like one of their favorite affordable bourbons and we're like i guess we'll give this a try and
1: we didn't believe him. And I'm gonna tell you why. I think we were at some like backyard party when we were younger and we were playing some flip cup. And the uh, <laughs> the team, the team that lost had to do like these giant shots of wild turkey. And I think just in our young age, it was just kind of hard to process and to and to really kind of like uh understand what we were drinking. It just tasted like um like chugging down like fiery gasoline, but uh <laughs> now that my uh taste has developed quite a bit i I love it but i think that might have put us on the wrong path and we didn't think about it until many years later
0: yeah it's definitely not not a bourbon for kids that's for sure (laughs) i think just like another thing of when i was like probably like 20 or, or whatever um and i still wasn't really into whiskey and i think so this guy Brian we used to be friends with gave me a bottle of wild turkey because he didn't want to drink it and it mm. took I don't even know if I ever finished it I think like I would have like a sip like every now and then like to force myself but it took me forever to get through that bottle now now I would guzzle that thing in, in one episode of our heads
1: <laughs> you're using it as paint thinner <laughs> like, whatever to get rid of it <laughs> I just started thinking this is the most gnarly thing I've ever tasted and maybe it
0: was and also like who knows like what he did to
1: that bottle? So. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. We got it with. <laughs> yeah. That'll, and that will be uh, our inside joke. Sorry, people out there. <laughs> but could yeah, you definitely don't you.
0: want to have anything with you want it. Without. Yeah, that is for sure. All right. So we'll probably tell some more bourbon stories. I'm sure I'm sure there are lots of them to, to tell. But like, let's get into some horror movies. So uh, before there's a few things I wanted to talk about today. One is this new movie, Suitable Flash, that I'm so excited to talk about. Uh, and the other is we're going to get into some Rob Zombie stuff. Uh, but before we do that, like, what if
1: other than Amityville, do you watched anything lately? I did, I did, I did. Uh, I had a I had a good horror week. I told you I watched like five Amityville movies. but yes, um, it's a great week. <laughs> but I'm definitely, I'm definitely not going to talk about those. But I did check out uh, The Passenger, which is a fairly new film. It's from the uh, guy that directed The Ruins. I don't know if you've seen that. Like a few years ago, it's like these. Um, it's a pretty interesting horror movie where like these people get stuck like kind of like on a pyramid and I don't know on a pyramid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And these roots like try to kill them and stuff and the natives are like forcing them there. But anyway, it was a, it's a decent like horror movie, but this, this passenger movie, it was more like a a thriller with a little, it's kind of hard to explain like really what kind of movie it was. Like, I guess people are considering it a horror movie. I see it come up a lot it was really just um a movie about uh some hateable characters <laughs> like there was like not one character that anyone would like and uh they all work at like this fast food place and uh there's like this kind of like dick bully that works there and he's constantly kind of like pushing everyone's buttons and he's like bullying what people would call the nice guy and this other guy just kind of gets upset and it just turns into like this explosively violent scene where he just kind of comes in and shoots the whole place up. He takes this kid, not really as a captive, but almost kind of like a friend and they go on like a road trip and he tries to help him like, kind of like, write Like the troubled past that he had, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And there's some, some extreme violence and there's a lot of twists and turns along the way. Um, I think, I think it was, I mean, I think it was interesting. So I I recommend it. Um, I would say check that out. Where'd you see it? uh, That was on Prime, I think. After that, I checked out Monolith. I know I mentioned that to you.
0: Oh yeah, how was that? Yeah, I really want to watch that.
1: Not what I was thinking, but. It was good. Definitely like a sci-fi mystery kind of horror. It's really about like, it's like, it's like really, I, I would say it's like isolation horror, if anything, it's a one person film. There's absolutely nobody else in the entire film. And every single bit of like dialogue or any other person in the film comes through like through a phone conversation. So you don't never, you never see anyone else. You never know anyone else other than this main character. But yeah, it, it totally kept my interest. And really what it is, it's this podcaster that is also like like a writer and uh, she's trying to like kind of like revamp her career. She like made a huge mistake and everyone thought she was like a fraud and stuff like that. So she needed like that one big hit to like kind of get back into like the world and rebuild her credibility. So she heard about this mysterious black rock that shows up at people's house. And it's like this whole kind of like conspiracy. And she's trying to figure it out. And then whoever has like this weird rock, um, uh, like a lot of bad things, negative things happen to them and they could die and stuff like that. It was it was good. It definitely held my interest. Very slow burn, but I think it was an interesting story. Don't know if it paid off. I'll leave that up to anyone who checks it out. I I, I, thought it was, I thought it was good, though. I mean...
0: I usually like those types of movies where it's, again, one, maybe two characters in a room. You, especially if it's, like, one character. Like, buried with um, Ryan Reynolds. I think it's, like, a great movie where you think... Mm, like, I never saw that. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie is just him in a coffin, the entire movie. Uh, so it's, like, basically he's in darkness in a, a coffin in this confined space. And you'd think, like, how is this going to be interesting for 90 minutes? But it actually was really really interesting. He had no idea what was going to happen next. And uh, I would, it's not a horror, fo- horror horror movie. It's kind of more thriller, but I, I would definitely recommend that. So I watched two movies. First, I watched um, the Death Wish remake since we were talking about Eli Ruff last week and I, I had forgotten the movie. I'd seen it once and, and didn't remember. And I'll be honest, I really was not a fan of it. I did not wow. I did not like it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm a huge, I love the original Death Wish. And I know this wasn't that. Like, it's very different movie. It's more, I don't know, it just felt kind of like cartoony and more like Hollywood. And it, it just didn't have like the darkness that I wanted. And I know like there's some dark shit that happens in the movie, but something about it, like, I don't know if, and if might have just been Bruce Willis as the lead, it's just hard to take him seriously. Uh, it just, yeah, I just didn't do it for me. Um, I don't know. I, I felt, I found it silly. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I don't think I'll be watching it again. Whereas again, I watched, I watched the
1: original all the time. I mean, I think like, three weeks ago, I, I watched it like three times in a row. <laughs> like I'm so into it. And who is that? Who was that detective? What was that guy? Uh it's the guy from Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, from Breaking Bad. I mean he was kind of goofy. And yeah. and for me he kind of ruined he ruined it a little bit for me because he, he it was hard to take him seriously. But I think Bruce Willis did a good job.
0: Yeah it definitely wasn't boring. I mean it the movie it's a it's a ride but it just yeah it just didn't grab me it just felt too i don't know again cartoony i'll go back to and then i watched this other movie called underwater with Kristen stewart that i i really liked and basically the movie is alien it's the movie alien just done underwater and it's about this group of i'm not sure what they were but they were like i guess in the bottom of the ocean digging for whatever like mining or something like that and something happens and like there's a huge earthquake and the space or sorry, underwater station where they're staying gets completely flooded and everybody either dies or has to like leave. And they all kind of go on this trek, basically walking across the bottom of the ocean to get to um, this safe space before they all run out of oxygen. And while they're doing this, of course, there's all these like creatures and monsters that kind of, I guess, came out of the ground from whatever they they like dug up. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was definitely like fast paced. Uh, you, you really had no idea what was going to happen. There's a lot of tension. I think Kristen Stewart is is I, I actually really like her now, and I like that now that she's made a fortune, like she could do the whatever movie she wants, and she does a lot of these weird movies. Like I really like Personal Shopper that she was in. Uh, but basically, the movie is Alien. It's it's like almost exact to that movie in in a lot of ways. But but I liked it. Um, I, where did I, I think I saw it on Hulu? Underwater it was called.
1: Yeah, i mean that's that sounds pretty awesome to me that they're actually walking on the bottom of the ocean that's, yeah. that's awesome yeah and it's like like a pitch black they
0: can't see other than their small flashlights yeah they're all again in these spacesuits running out of oxygen and like again you'll see these like things swimming like uh, on top of them that are like these weird monsters i guess um until they get to like this ginormous monster at the very end which is uh, basically like we're all gonna die
1: <laughs> well, I, I feel like I need to check that one out because that, that sounds pretty awesome. I, d- I didn't even know it. What year was it? Do you, know? I, you know,
0: I don't actually know. I think it's pretty new. So it might have been like within the last year or so. But yeah, I hadn't heard of it. I just kind of was scrolling and I was like, what's this? And I I, I can't think of a really good one, but I do love those underwater movies. And I guess it's that like you're the trapped kind of feeling Mm. like the claustrophobia of being on like a spaceship or being like on this underwater vessel that like just ups the tension even more because you're stuck there's nowhere you could go like there was nowhere that they could go like they could only get to like this one space station or i'm sorry underwater sea station that they had to walk to like otherwise they're gonna die so yeah i really liked it all right so let's talk about suitable flesh um Yeah, so I I guess I'm trying to sum up the plot really quick. And basically, there's this psychiatrist who gets a new patient who's this, I guess, college kid who his dad or someone else is trying to swap bodies with him and wait what i think i think that's what happened (laughs) and and, (laughs) the movie is gets really confusing and again within the first minute of this movie i i like i know i'm not gonna like this movie like i just know based on like the tone of it like the music the like camera angles like everything about it i'm just like i know i know i'm gonna hate this but i said we were gonna watch this movie and review it you had already watched it so i wasn't gonna bail on it now um, but man, this was a hard one to sit through.
1: I, I think it's got a lot of buzz right now because it's like basically adapted from like a H.P. Lovecraft short story. And I'm, I'm not a huge reader of H.P. Lovecraft, so I'm not familiar with it. But if this is like what his writings like. <laughs> yeah. you're going to pass. a hard pass there yeah um th- this was a tough one i mean honestly i turned it on and my first impression it felt like like a made for tv like lifetime christmas movie uh just lit weird and and you're right the camera angles were weird the dialogue was weird it just didn't seem like like a movie it was like felt like like a tv show or something like that and if it was a tv show i still wouldn't have liked it but the big scenes of like that possession or whatever the transference the shaking was <laughs> it was just like <laughs> it was just like someone like kind of bent over with like the cameraman shaking like his phone or something like that like it was it was like really really bad and-, and they did it
0: like 10 times too it wasn't like just one time it was like there was more camera shaking rapidly for 60 seconds of this movie than any other movie i've
1: ever seen I just felt like they 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 could have did this a lot better. I mean they must have had some sort of budget for this. I mean, Heather Graham was was in this, and um Bruce Davidson, who's in Salem that that we'll talk about like later on. Uh I mean you have you have some names in this movie. And for like the creepy, eerie part of the film that like basically the whole plot revolves around is a shaky camera. I mean, it was I, I couldn't take it. Like after the first time, I'm like, wait a minute, what 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 was that? <laughs> you know, like it was it was terrible.
0: It's funny you said that about a made for TV movie because like what I wrote down in my notes was like this feels like either a bad like Tales from the Crypt episode or a really lame tame Red Shoe Diaries.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I, honestly,
0: I couldn't really I, like. You know, and, and t- at first, like, it's like, okay, it's like a PG Richie Diaries. And look, there is, you, you get, you do see one tit, you see some man ass. I think you see side butt on Heather Graham. So, you know, they, they tried to, they tried to do something in there, but the, and the sex scenes in it were some of those boring lamest sex scenes i've ever seen in a movie so like again i don't know what they were trying there to do three here.
1: there was three of them and every time one was about to like begin it's like the music would change and it felt like they're about to go all in and almost like an erotic thriller type tone and then there's just like this awkward fully clothed weird sex scene and like you know you could edit around it you know have to show the nudity, but the angles that they showed were just like like really weird like like an elbow <laughs> <a> shoe, <laughs> you know it was like like why like it felt like it was an important part of the movie but it just came out awkward and I don't know why they focused so much effort in those if they weren't really going to do them right I mean I don't know if it was Heather Graham that's like no way I'm not going to do this but like why why keep them all in, in, in the movie if it just it just didn't work at all I don't think I think every every type of sex scene or anything like that it just did not work in in that film yeah like you said there are three of them
0: like do do one and and be done with it right but i have three that are all equally pretty lame and and tame and and just boring yeah like again watching this movie the whole time i'm like and maybe it's i'm not an h.p lovecraft fan and maybe this completely speaks to that audience and they love it and it's the greatest thing ever but I, I didn't understand who this movie is made for. Like, I like, does not feel like a horror movie? It doesn't feel like a Red Jew Diaries movie. It doesn't feel like anything. It's just, it, and it doesn't, it's not a comedy, but it's trying to be funny. Maybe I, I, so at first I'm like, okay, it's going to be like a comedy, but I don't know what it was.
1: I, I, I didn't understand the tone of it. And I think that maybe that they were trying to tell a story that might've been too complicated for like their level of precision to, to tell it maybe, if it got adapted from someone a little more talented, it would have been a little better. I mean, I don't know much about this guy. His name is Joe Lynch. Um, I don't oh, think Joe he Oh, Joe Lynch. Didn't a, he
0: do, he did a bunch of I don't know what he did.
1: I don't, I don't know anything he did. I never, I never heard of him before. Um, So I thought he was kind of new to the scene, but no, could, let me look him up. I think I yeah, know we've he, seen
0: some of his movies. I think he did that Everly movie with, that was like that female assassin.
1: Yes, I thought that was a good movie. That movie was that awesome. Was, that, that was not at all like this movie. No, it yeah. can't, can't be the same guy. That was. That no, was it's. Hold
0: on. Let me go through. i looking at it. Everly, he, he did. He did Wrong Turn 2, which is the bad wrong turn. That's like the worst wrong turn of the series
1: yeah but th- th- those are watchable though how do you get worse like this is a brand new film that just came out like i think this is like this came out 2023 but i think it's considered a 2024 film it's brand new how do you, how you making a worse film how do you get heather graham to star from from austin powers from Boogie <laughs> Nights, you know how do you get her to star in your film and it's just like you made her look bad you made everyone look bad it was it was bad and there was such like I don't know the word to explain it, but just like corny things that they did just to push the plot along that didn't make any sense. Um like I'm just thinking like in, in that one scene towards towards the end in the hospital where there's like the big confrontation between like you know the two doctors and they're they're transferring back and forth between each other and there's like that security guard there and he's got the gun on one of them. And then then she gets the gun and she's like, no, I'm fine. And the other one's like, no, don't believe her. And they're going back and forth, right? But then they both go into like that transfer shaky thing. And what does the security guard do? He just stands there like... What kind, of, what kind of guy is this that just had a gun pointed at him for like 20 seconds that doesn't grab the gun that's sitting on the floor? Of course, the person who turned into the bad one is going to get the gun and he gets shot. I'm like, I didn't even feel bad for him. I was just like, good, man. Shoot him again. You know, he's such an idiot.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because it did have a decent cast, but they all were really terrible actors. Like it was, they were all <laughs> bad. Every one of them was bad. Um, like Heather Graham was not good. The... Uh, the guy's name from Lords of Salem that you just said, Bruce. Earlier. Yeah, Bruce Davidson. He yeah. was not good. The kid, the the college kid, was terrible. I wanted to slap that kid. He was just so obnoxious. And I, I guess that was the point that he was trying to be like obnoxious, but it, it didn't resonate. It was it was really annoying. And every time he was on screen, I was like, please, I can't watch this anymore. The one thing I will say that's a positive about the movie, and it's a negative for me, but it's a positive about the movie. I mean, the movie's stylish. Like, it is, it's different. Like, I haven't seen a movie like this before. The director's doing some different things with it. It, it definitely, like, does that. However, I hate these stylish horror movies where it's just gimmicky. I just, I'm not a fan of it. And it's, I, I, you know, it doesn't, it takes you out of the movie when it's super gimmicky. And, and like, by gimmicky, I mean there's, like, um, like fade-ins to, like, a circle
1: Oh my God, I forgot about like that. They oh. did that like
0: four times. Like oh, that. oh God. <laughs> that's what made me think of like a Tales from the Crypt because they would do weird gimmicky things like
1: that. With, with I almost turned it off when I first saw that. I was like, what the hell is that? I'm like, why, why are you doing that? Like, that's a strange choice. Yeah, it was a lot of strange choices. There was one thing I... Did like i will give it a compliment um something i found interesting i i never saw before in in a film and i like when films catch up to like modern times and they actually use like technology and stuff like that but do you remember that that one scene where uh she like starts running over that person and the whole thing the whole sh- scene is shot in the backup cam. So you're basically just watching what she's seeing in her backup cam. And like all of a sudden you see like like the guy's head and you see the car get real close to it. He just disappeared like I thought that was interesting. I mean it was definitely something I never saw before. Um that was it. That was the highlight of of that film for me.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. The rearview cam scene. Yeah I, I did like that. I'd never seen that before. Uh I think and again I have a lot of problems with this movie number one would be the movie just didn't make any sense at all. And, you know, the character motivations made no sense. And I, I had a couple of notes. One is, and I guess maybe it's because they didn't develop Heather Graham's character enough, but how, like, how does she go on this journey? Like, how is she, she meets this patient who's like, at first he's this like sniffling little kid. And then he becomes kind of, he, he, when his body gets taken over, he becomes this asshole. And then she becomes obsessed with him and like wants to fuck him. And it's like, fantasizing about sex with him when she's fucking her husband, which it made no sense. And then like, why would she all of a sudden be so attractive and, and like, I need to to be with this person. And then she goes to the kid's house and all this bad shit happens. Like the kid ends up killing like his dad, the house burns down all the, and she's just standing there and like, doesn't think to go to the police. Just like, you know what? Like he, this guy just killed his father. I'm going to fuck him right now. Like the stranger who I met one time, you know, it and, and, and is not like freaked out or shocked. I, I I didn't understand that at all.
1: Yeah, and she does fuck him fully clothed, which is really awkward. I mean, you see his no. ass though. You see the top of his ass, which <laughs> was do, like a, yeah. a, a nice she, treat. She, <laughs> she had a little man she, ass she's, in there. <laughs> she's now complicit in this crime. Um, so yeah, it didn't make any sense. He felt like she might've been struggling a bit and and had like that kind of like savior mentality where she might've lost like a patient or two. And like, she had to, like, she was driven so much, but what they did show of the husband and any sort of character development seemed like a good relationship. It seemed like there was really nothing wrong. So it didn't really make a lot of sense that she would be, attracted or basically cheat on her husband with this strange kid um it it didn't make a lot of sense
0: so i do get like why she would have cheated on her husband because that sex scene they had was again he was lame he was not (laughs) he was not laying the pipe you know he
1: was
0: (laughs) so i get why she was fantasizing about something like i don't see why you would fantasize about this kid who was like lame i I, there's there's plenty of other things she could have thought about while she was you know laying there a passenger princess on the pillow princess on the on the bed while her husband gently stroked you know, <laughs> inside her. oh man sorry <laughs> oh man i gotta this might be our last episode so yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean and, and,
0: and the other thing that didn't make made sense like so okay she confesses to her husband that she fucked one of her patients that all this shit is going on she gets leaves the house or he leaves the house i forget what happens and then he comes home And it's the first time he's seen her since like she broke his heart, like saying she cheated on him and immediately like she seduces him in like two seconds, like using like a knife. Like I I get the feeling they never did anything kinky. So it didn't make any sense. And he just goes along with it, which, okay, fine. Maybe in the moment he's like, you know what? Let me just get one last plow in before, or I don't think he plowed, but like one less sex in before I, I throw her out for good. But the very next day the cops come and it's like, they're a loving family again. And, I, I get this guy was a simp, but like, it just, I don't know. All the character motivations made no sense.
1: I mean, I guess he was, you know, drinking the bourbon a bit. They both were. So, I mean, that usually leads to something. So, uh, you know, but I'll, give, I, I I'll get give. it.
0: And like, again, like we've all been there where it's like, you know what? I shouldn't, I hate this person, but I, but I'm going to go through with it. But like, then you get out, you don't know, just like make coffee the next day. And like, everything's fine. Didn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, and let me let me top this off with with the with the one thing that probably bothered me the most about this film that this is actually an original shutter content film and I'm really really angry about that because it's making me look quite foolish when if you listen to our first episode the first thing I said is I'm really into I think the first words out of my mouth is I'm really into original shutter content they make great films I mean I could just talk, for days about all the little things that that bothered me about it, just like little odds and ends, and it just added up to just being annoying. And honestly, I I think I paused it like five times just to see like when is this movie going to be over? I did. That I'm too. like I can't yeah. believe there's nine minutes left. But we got through it.
0: Yeah, we got through it, man, barely. So before we before we move on, uh, Bloody Knives zero to five.
1: Mm. I'm giving this one a one, and I'm giving it the one because of that backup cam. That's it.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I actually. I also got to give it a one because one tip. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not gonna say it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's it's the worst one I've seen in a while. So yeah, one and one and done. What, such a great title too. Suitable Flesh is a great title for a movie. I was expecting something fucking bonkers, and this is what we got. All right, so we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk a little Rob Zombie and um, why I thought about this is two reasons. One, because it was really fun to talk about Eli Roth and go through like a director's catalog. And two, I wanted to talk about Rob Zombie because I think we're pretty split on his films. I think the I think you're not really, a, I might be wrong on this and I guess we'll find out, but I don't think you're necessarily a fan. I think there's some movies you like and I think the movies you like are other than House of a Thousand Corpses, which I think we both like, uh, I don't think we agree on the ones we like, so I figure there's a good opportunity to kind of let's let's find out, let's see what the different sides are.
1: I, I I agree with you there. I do want to say I'm a I'm a fan of of Rob Zombie as the musician. I was lucky enough to see him last summer. He's he's amazing. He's he, he's really an artist when it when it comes to music. He he thinks about like you know really what the whole entire atmosphere that he's creating with with the music, the visuals, you know, the props and everything. So I definitely give him. A, a lot of props for that. Uh, his movies are hit or miss for me. And I'm glad you brought that up because you didn't know I was going to do this, but we have another lightning challenge. Oh, shit, I was. Sam, <laughs> so, you beat me because
0: I was going to hit you so, up with no, that. I was no, gonna... I'm
1: hitting you. I'm hitting you <laughs> with the lightning challenge <laughs> because you didn't know I was going to do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we get to that, I just, I just want to talk about the music. And I'm not a fan of the music, I would say. However, if a song is on of his, I vibe to it. And I'm like, that's dope. Uh, I would never put it on by myself. Like I would never just put it on. But if you put it on, or if I'm in the car or somewhere and I hear it, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. And, and his music videos were always amazing and visual. So, all right. <laughs> I said that. Hit me with it, you fucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it'll probably be more interesting if you do it. So that's, okay, that's right, probably, cool. that's probably right. why. <laughs> so and we'll find out soon enough why. All right. Uh, lightning round.
0: I'm going to hit you. Okay. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, Devil's Rejects. Down. Um, uh, Lords of Salem. Up. Uh, Three from Hell. Uh, Gonna go up. Thirty-one. Down. Halloween. down. Halloween. Down. Halloween two. Down. Is that it? Is that all of them? I, I don't 96. think we saw the monsters. Um,
1: yeah, monsters. That's it. Uh, down. Yeah, actually, so I don't think we're that far. Well, no, we are that far off. Okay, so for me, <laughs> for me,
0: I'm just gonna give mine really quick. So do it.
1: Thousand house corpse up. Devil's rejects
0: up. Not as not as up as I used to be after rewatching it, but I'm gonna say up. Halloween one. I'm gonna I I'm gonna say up, and I'll explain why mm. later.
1: Halloween two. Down. Lords of Salem down. Damn. Thirty one. Up. Three from hell. Used to be down on the rewatch. I'm up now. Interesting. The monsters. I didn't see it. Damn. So so we are split. So I think we'll have a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, it's 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 funny too. Because again, like I, on some of the movies, again, I, I was a bigger fan of when I, than when I rewatched it. Like Devil's Rejects, I always really liked. And then I rewatched it and I still really like it. However, it's, it's definitely like a flawed film. And there's a lot of things I don't like about it. I don't like he inserts a lot of different asides and like humorous scenes and it, it just didn't, it takes away from the movie. And I, I kind of get why he did that because the movie's really dark and fucked up. Like it's a brutal movie. And I guess he just wanted to like shift the tone a little bit, but it just kind of throws me off where you have this like really intense violent scene. And then there's like some three minute comedic relief scene that has nothing to do with anything. Like the two people going to buy chickens and then they they have like an argument over like who's gonna fuck the chicken or or, or is he a chicken fucker or not and, and again i guess that's funny but to me it just didn't fit the movie uh and i think what i didn't originally i didn't like three from hell i don't remember why i just didn't like it and then i watched it again and i actually really liked it because it's basically is devil's rejects except they took all the humor stuff out of it and it's i mean it's pretty much just gruesome and brutal and i i really liked it and, and i i guess i appreciated it different because I saw Deborah's rejects. I'm like, oh man, this movie would be so much better if they did this, and then they did. So with three from Hell. So that's how I feel on that. On Halloween, that's a that's such a like polarizing one because like he did something very different with Halloween. Like the first half of it, he made up his own thing. The second half of it basically is Halloween just done his way. And you know, I do I do like it. I hate to say I do like it. The more I watch it, the less I like it though, because I do get very bored in that first half with the kid like it it does I, I it just it never used to annoy me but a lot of the dialogue just annoys me the white trash kind of humor that he kind of uses I, I don't like appreciate it as much but once that movie gets going it's it's pretty brutal and violent and uh you know and especially when you compare it to the recent halloween trilogy that they just released over the past few years which i think are all three films are awful in my opinion or just not interesting to me. Like I know there's an audience for that, but I found them all incredibly boring. And compared to those, I think his is way better. But that's you know, a lot of people are, are feel very different, and I I get why.
1: Yeah, I'm not really into like a like a study of like someone like Michael Myers. You know, I think you know trying to figure out dive into his past and develop that. It's not important to me. Like I, I don't I don't I don't care. I don't I don't need to know that. I don't really care i mean i guess that's like i don't um so i i i like when you watch you know obviously the original halloween it's like this character there's isn't much of a backstory of like why he just turns into like this murderously rampaging guy that you know has a bit of a supernatural power as well i mean it's like why 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 dive into that like why try to figure it out and add all like that white trash kind of stuff i mean they're from like chicago weren't they i mean they weren't that trashy i mean it's just you know a small just... suburban town outside of chicago <laughs> it, 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 the the city was chicago <laughs> you know they, they they you know they took the cab to chicago it wasn't like they were like in in the backwoods so um yeah i definitely didn't like the halloweens uh to be perfectly honest i probably only watched the second one once um I did watch the original one Rob Zombie's original one over Halloween so I I I watched it recently did not grow on me did not change my opinion
0: yeah I I do agree with you there I think you know the Halloween movie is better not knowing anything about Michael Myers I completely agree it's scarier like once they like started making sequels where they started explaining it more it's when it, it completely falls off the rails and loses interest It's just just the guy that kills babysitters. Like, that's really who he is and you don't know anything about him. I do prefer that. And that's why, again, like the the whole storyline of the buildup, you know, it's better without that. But, you know, I like what he did with it. Like, I thought it was an interesting take to, you know, create this new world. But I also do like in the original Halloween. I mean, you don't this kid is just a kid and he just happens to kill his sister and you have no idea why. And that's scary as fuck. You know, that scene of he's outside like holding the knife or, or whatever, and, like this bad shit just happened. And, you know, it's just a kid. And like when you put a motivation to it, like the kid in Rob Zombie's Halloween, it's like, yeah, he did it because he was abused. That's, you know, and, and they probably fucked with him his whole life. And, you know, he was going to be a killer one day. I get the feeling that in the original Halloween and maybe I'm wrong, they don't explain it. He's just a kid who one day just snaps. That's what I always thought.
1: Yeah, no. And, and I'm more into that.
0: Yeah, I don't love it. I like it. And I, I do think he was a fan of the original, which helps because a lot of times the people make remakes, they have no idea what the original is, they're just a hired gun that's going to make this movie. And I do think he was a fan and was trying to make something for the fans. However, again, I think, you, you know, it's Halloween, it's hard to touch that, right? It's hard to, it's hard to remake a classic like that. Uh, and, 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 and to add to it without pissing off a lot of people. So I get that.
1: I mean, honestly, I'm I'm sure he watched Halloween thousands and thousands of times throughout his whole entire life and really wanted to like pay homage to it. But looking at his other films, I'm really surprised he took on Halloween because it's not, you don't see a lot of like those references and Easter egg type things in his other films where you clearly see the other films that influenced him in his other movies you just don't really see anything taken from from halloween whether stylistically storyline anything at all but you could clearly see like his affection for like texas and, and oh, yeah. things like that and it's like wow why don't you take that on you know it's <laughs> like like that seems more his style and and i think him applying his storyline to something like you know Leatherface and that family would fit so much more than trying to adapt his style to to Halloween and, and maybe that's why it didn't work because like honestly like everything that Rob Zombie does is, is a little trashy it's a little gritty it's a little white trashy and that, that that's not what I felt when I watched the original Halloween just didn't seem like that type of family or you know they seemed like upper middle class people honestly i wasn't i didn't believe it i guess it wasn't believable to me but his style definitely could have fit something else
0: yeah and and you know we're gonna talk about his other movies now in like a second but i mean one thing i love about rob zombie he does have his very own style that no one has touched and it's it comes through in every one of his movies and i think halloween he definitely pulled back it still has it still feels like a rob zombie film but it doesn't it doesn't connect with like some of the other ones, at least in my opinion. And I think if he made a Rob Zombie Halloween, I think people would have hated that, right? They would have said, oh, you're doing this. So it's like, I don't think he could have won either way. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, luckily, you know, it, it did really well and it, it, he probably wouldn't have done like Lords of Salem if he if he didn't do Halloween because then he got the freedom to kind of do what he wanted to do. I mean, it would definitely, have, I would have enjoyed it better if they cut the first like 40 minutes down to like five. I think it would have been a better movie, a tighter movie too. Uh, it's It feels like two movies. It's the focus on the kid for 45 minutes and then it's a completely different movie. So, all right, let's talk about Lords of Salem because I personally really don't like this movie. And so I, I'm going to, so we talk about this movie all the time and I know you watch it all the time. I have tried to watch this movie two other times and i never got through it i always turn it off i believe at the same point and i think it's the point where she meets the priest in the church in that one scene i think i always say you know what i'm out like i don't care and this time i was like okay i'm gonna force myself to watch this movie and i still hate this movie (laughs) i still really don't like it so I, i will say on the positive side though i think it's really stylistic i think it's beautiful i think it's a trippy ass movie oh i think there's like some like crazy shit that happens in it the visuals were great it's it's cinematic bizarre and it really well shot that baby imp creature thing uh in the end which i think was supposed to be like the devil uh, that's when she walks to that room with the face paint like was fucking terrifying like that thing was scary so again i i do think for this movie you've got to be in a vibe you got to be in like the right headspace because it's it's a journey it's it's a it's a it's a drug trip movie however which and i i do like those movies sometimes like mandy's one of my favorite films i love mandy i love i get in the zone and i'm just all about it this film just it just bores me and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me so i'm gonna put it to you like what do you like about this movie i'm gonna turn on the light while you talk (laughs) because
1: i mean yeah sure no no problem so i i think uh just giving anyone like a a heads up of like my take on this film if they've never seen it before it's really just like a, a story about like what happened in the town of salem 100 years ago after the witchcraft trials uh and then like with most of the residents still living there kind of like what became of like that town and like who are those people and I totally think that Rob Zombie paints like this beautiful picture of like this haunted town with like this horrible past where they killed like all these people that were witches and I think in its core it's it's a, a film about witches so it's definitely fills in that supernatural witch kind of horror for me and Um, it revolves around like these three kind of shock jocks, two of them have the same name, which is really confusing. They could have thought of anything at all, other than giving two of them the same name. But really what happens is, uh, they talk a lot of shit while they're on air kind of like some people i know (laughs) and uh... although i
0: i hated all of those scenes where they were djing like i was like who would listen to this program they are so with the sound shock shock i I know he was trying to make fun of something like i I get what he was trying to do unfortunately they do it like i think three different scenes like he could have done it in one and i was like i i would never i hate this this radio program (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean I didn't mind that. I, I like it. It was a good build-up to basically to say that these people are really involved with music. And you know, the the mysterious gift is a record that is delivered to them specifically from a group called The Lords. And it's really interesting. And so basically, Heidi, who's played by Sherry Moon, puts on this record and a lot of strange things start happening. It basically possesses all the women in the town. And it's it's cool. I mean, there's there's a lot of things involved with this movie. I mean, there's like uh, a curse, there's uh, a possession, there's a devil, <laughs> there's you know a lot a lot of things going on to it uh, that he tries to cover, and I think he does. I think he does it well. Um, I love how he stylized the movie. I mean, there's like times where it's just like monochromatic and then there's this times so it's just so bright and clear and colorful but anyway what, what you know I, I, I like the film I think I think it tells like a really interesting story. I do like how it develops Heidi the Sherry Moon character. I like I like her as a character. Um we could discuss whether or not we think that she should star in yeah. every Rob Zombie <laughs> movie. Do the roles always suit her? Probably not but I think that this kind of like older woman who had like a troubled past with like drugs and alcohol. I think this suited her. Well, Uh, clearly she was a descendant from like, you know, the reverend that, that burned all the witches, which is really what ties everything together. Uh, I'm not really into trippy horror. um, So I do turn this movie off as well, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. I watched, the first hour and 10 minutes of this movie all the time because I j- I do like the vibe. I do like the setting, you know, it's cold October day, you know, in this cool town with these strange characters and they're, they're going through something. Um, it's funny you say
0: that because like the last, I would say the last 20 minutes of the movie just feels like, again, like a music video almost where it's just lots of different imagery and just weird shit. And some of it really fucking gross. Um, like when she gives birth to that weird like centipede creature thing like yeah it's it's disgusting and i mean it's not a bad thing but yeah the last i would say like the last act or last 20 minutes like there's not even a lot of dialogue i don't think if i remember correctly it's just a lot of weird things happening which to me again like if i'm like if I had taken an edible, I probably would have really been into this movie. I tried to watch it sober, which might've been my mistake, but I think if I do try to watch it again, I think I am gonna watch it on some kind of substance so I can kind of get in the vibe of it. It's funny, one of the things that you said that you like about the movie is actually what I didn't like and that it, it does try to cover a lot and I felt like it's a little all over the place and I had trouble following what actually the, the main plot line was because there's a lot of different things and none of it, in my opinion, gets fully developed. And I did, I do think I read that he didn't shoot the whole script, um, for whatever reason, like, I think it was originally even more bloody and violent. And I think, uh, he had to make a lot of last minute changes due to various things. Like I believe there was one actor he cast who didn't audition and the guy showed up the set, set basically blind and not knowing any of his lines. So they had to like rework this whole character. So I think a lot of things happen where he didn't actually get to shoot the full movie that he wanted to, based on what I read. So maybe there was intention to you know, build out some of these things more and it just it just didn't ever come to I, truth.
1: I th- think they really wrapped the whole entire story together when the Bruce Davidson character, who's Francis Matthias, he's the author, goes to speak to the other author uh, about that song and uh they're going over uh the Reverend's um diary. And I, I I think when we find out that there's like the witches, you know, left left the curse on the town, and basically they say that uh Reverend Hawthorne's bloodline is will be the vessel of the devil's child that will inherit the earth. So basically that is. Heidi, you know, the Sherry Moon character, you know, her last name is actually Heidi Hawthorne. Um, so for me, it's like when, after you've probably viewed the movie a few times and then like you really catch that line, like, oh, it just, just kind of all comes together there. You know, um, her landlords are descendants of the witches. They found out that Heidi is the daughter, you know, they're going to use her for this ceremony. You know, they trick her into going into that, uh, that apartment five thing with that weird-looking hairy Sasquatch devil <laughs> thing that I guess impregnates her for her to have the baby, which will essentially be the devil, and kind of like bring, you know, the, the witches kind of back into power. And um, and what what they do uh is uh they kill all the original descendants uh of the town. So in that that big Lords of Salem show the concert which was about as packed as a, a local band playing a <laughs> a VFW show on a on a on a Sunday matinee. There's like 30, 30 people shows. there. Yeah. There was like 30 30 people there. I thought this was gonna be like like I kept getting excited for this show and this it was just like like 10 people in the theater it was pretty horrible but i mean after that scene where she has the baby all those people are dead they're just kind of piled up in a in a giant naked pile and uh there was 32 so 32 of the women. women yeah um that were possessed from the record and then it came to the show they they all died and she disappeared so i mean that that's a that's a brutal brutal ending and it ended as bleak as it started. So I thought it was, uh, it was great. And I do like how they, um, and I'm a sucker for this. I don't know why, whenever they set it up or like where they kind of like punch the day in, so you know where you are in the storyline. So they'd be like, Monday, they're like, all right, this is Monday, everything that happened on Monday and everything looks cool. And then Tuesday, things start getting a little weird. Wednesday, Things are getting crazy by Friday. She's smoking crack. She's all fucked up. I mean, she's like a she's a train wreck. She's on death's door. I mean, like, what kind of five-day week was that? I mean, I had a bad week at work. It was nothing <laughs> like nothing like that. So I I, I liked how that's how they kind of like filled in the time for you so you could kind of track like what was going on.
0: That's funny though, just to cut you off, like my very first note that I wrote always bothers me when a movie tells you what day of the week it is. <laughs> like she goes to bed on Monday. I'm sorry, it's Monday. and she goes to bed, wakes up, and it says Tuesday. <laughs> like, yeah, duh. no, I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's what I, I don't, I don't <laughs> I hate that. It annoys the I shit d- out of me. I Unless it know. makes sense, like you're counting down to something, like then maybe I get it. But to me it, it just completely it just throws takes me out of the movie. Cause then because like, here's the thing when I watch a movie, I don't want to think that I'm watching a movie. And like I'm in the vibe, and then I'm like, Tuesday. Oh, okay. Like I, I really
1: hate that. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I know because maybe like <laughs> I, don't know, I don't care. You know, like Tuesday, <laughs> you wake up, you 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 know, you go to work. It kind of sucked. You come home, you have some drinks, you know, and then like it's just a mundane day. I loved it. I love when movies include things like that, and that's that's how some of you know the the scenes went. You know, they just kind of went back to her apartment. You know, ate some pancakes, listened some records. I mean. Like that's my life, you know, <laughs> that's like, there's, that there's nothing off from like what I would do on like a Tuesday. So I, I really like that. I I connected it with that. Yeah. I mean, look,
0: I will give it another, another watch again, just to see if it makes sense to me. This the fourth time I try to watch it, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm shocked
1: fan. here. Cause you're normally, you are way more into trippy horror than I, I know.
0: I know. I know. I think there's just a few things about it that. I just really don't like. And, and like some of the other notes I, I wrote, this movie always makes me tired. And it's because... <laughs> it's ch- it's no, a
1: vibe, man. That's no, it. I love, it's it's I love it. It's because Sherry
0: Moon is yawning throughout the entire <laughs> movie. She's always yawning or dragging her ass around. And I, I I guess that's like, she's going through it, Like, but she's exhausted the entire movie. And they keep asking, like, are you getting enough sleep? And I, I look at her and I'm like,
1: I need to get to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's because she's drinking at like 4 a.m. She's waking up at like 7 to feed her dog. I mean, it's real life. I think too, like...
0: I think i would have liked and maybe they did and i just didn't catch it i think they would if they did a little more with her addiction i think it would have made it a better movie because they mention it and then at some point she does fall off and is smoking crack again well she goes to AA meeting yeah but it's like they don't i think if they went into like her struggle a bit and like made it where you know she's dealing with all of this shit whatever whatever the shit she's dealing with but she also has this like thing inside her that's also kind of i I feel like they could have done a lot more with that. Uh and the other thing i didn't get was why is she like having all of these i guess hallucinations is is it like is it the the witches put a spell on her and that's why she like she when the, the scene where she's walking and like she sees a church and she goes into the church which makes no sense because like she's not religious so why would she go in the church and then she has this dream of this priest it, but it didn't really happen so like what actually can you explain it to me like what is actually so, happening? so
1: i i think that she actually gets uh impregnated pretty early in the film um like before it starts even or no like once no the record no shows up? uh what, once the record shows up and, and her dog escapes and she goes into that room for the first time you don't see anything you just see her go into the room and she kind of like looks up at that big cross And and like that that altar, and then she kind of puts her hands up. But the next scene, the door just shuts. We we don't know anything else after that. I think that is when she was impregnated with the devil child, and from there now that 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 that's in her body now. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's it's starting to like mess with her chemistry, mess with everything. And it has. I mean, it's a devil, so it is going to have some sort of supernatural pull and power and stuff like that i really think that's kind of like where it all came from that's that's my take on it i don't i don't think she was it was drug-induced or or anything like that because it really she seemed absolutely fine until she went into that room and then after that everything really started like to me it is a little hard to follow the first few times but like I really got into it. To me it's like a good witchcraft story that makes sense when when you really understand all the details. Um
0: yeah, and and like you said earlier too like Sherry Moon putting her in every one of these movies. Like I understand why he does it. And and I think she gets a lot of shit um for various reasons. I think there's a lot of people that really don't like her. I don't like her in this movie. I think they I think they would have been served for with someone different i think but to to pivot i do really like her in house of a thousand corpses i think she created a very iconic character in baby i think she really just is wacky but like in a scary terrifying way at the same time i like i really loved like i would say like out of that out of that movie she's definitely one of the highlights for me
1: so the the guy um that plays uh what's his name herman the herman salvador her kind of boyfriend in salem you know the guy you know the guy i'm talking about that's that's jeff daniel phillips and he's in a lot of rob zombie films as well probably like five or six of them what do you think about that guy what do you think you think like for me he looks a lot like rob zombie (laughs) and i just i just wonder if that's interesting if he's in the film, because that's how like Rob inserts himself into these films, because this guy looks outrageously close. Without the and tattoos. The same, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the same age, you know, as this guy. And he's usually like, you know, co starring or partnered with Sherry Moon. I just wonder if it's how he in- inserts himself. I just wonder if you noticed that, because he was in uh, 31, th- you know, Three from Hell. He was in devils rejects yeah. he was I think the only thing he wasn't in was house but he probably just didn't meet him yet yeah
0: and he's another one too that I do like in in the other zombie movies I don't like him in this movie in Salem. Really? I don't yeah. yeah I just didn't like I also wow. didn't like the dialogue I just had a again a really hard time with it um so anyway so Lords of Salem bloody knives zero to five
1: it's not a five for me it's it's very very close so it's a four wow okay
0: give you that I'm gonna give it I'm giving it a 2.5, which is more than I would have given it a year ago. <laughs> and that's because I do think it's it's visually beautiful and interesting. And maybe I'll like it the next time. Maybe, maybe we'll do an anniversary edition where I watch it again and, and talk about it.
1: I, I hope so because there's a hundred percent chance I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs>
0: so anyway, so let's talk about House of a Thousand Corpses, the movie that started it all. So I do, I think, just like Cabin Fever, I might be wrong, but I believe we also might have gone on a double date to see this later. <laughs> the I know I saw yes. it with you. I don't know if there were females present. Hopefully, there were. Um, this, this,
1: yeah, yeah, this this one worked out for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and look, this movie, and again, watching it now. i've always been a big fan of this movie it's definitely a flawed movie um you know there's a lot of things and i think zombie will say that too i I don't think he likes this movie i think he felt it was a bit of a mess and uh it is it is a bit of a mess i think it's a beautiful mess though but before we kind of get into the actual movie it's such an interesting story behind this movie for those people that don't know because he originally started i'm gonna give a little history lesson here because i thought this was interesting and i remember when all this happened he started working with Universal on making a maze for horror nights. And he was gonna he made a maze one year and it did really well. And then he was gonna make it was just like a basically based on his songs and his music videos. And my cat right now is going ape shit and I'm trying to keep him off the keyboard. <laughs> now he's biting me. Um and then he went to do a, a maze a second year and he was gonna make the maze was gonna be a house of a thousand corpses. And I forget if he actually ended up making it or not. I don't think he did. But while he was talking to them, they said, okay, would you like to make a movie? And he's like, yeah, I'll make a movie. And this was the movie that he wanted to make. And he shot the movie, and it ended up getting an NC-17 rating, which was a death sentence. So Universal said, no, we're not releasing this movie now. It's too violent. Like, we don't want it. It's too weird. Uh, We don't like it. And that was it. And they shelved the movie, and he ended up buying the rights back to the movie, gave the movie to MGM, who were going to release it. And they ended up adding some stuff to the movie. They cut some stuff, like they shot new scenes. And then Rob Zombie in an interview said something in a joking way, like negative about MGM. And they heard that and they said, now we're not releasing the movie. So then it was like sunk again. So it's he had shot the movie and I don't think it came out for like three years until Lionsgate finally said, okay, let's make the movie. And I think in between that time, I think he also cut some stuff, added some stuff. So the original movie, is very different than the one that actually came out. I think like a third of the movie was completely changed, like whole characters removed, lots of scenes removed. And apparently all this footage is lost, it's just gone. And so we'll never actually know what the original movie was. Um, But he had to like edit it so many different times for various different studios because they all had different things that they want. I thought it was really interesting.
1: That is super interesting. I actually didn't know any of that. I mean, we're talking like almost pre, you know, yeah, it was 2002 right here. There, back in like 2002, 2003. I mean, it existed, but, you know, finding this information online wasn't really readily available. You know, like we had to read Fangoria yeah. to, you know, really get our information about movies. But that, that is really interesting. I had no idea that he was building, I mean, sets almost. Uh, who, who knew? I mean, I knew he shot some... Some of his own videos yeah he directed and, all his
0: videos i think or at least the last yeah a few of them yeah. yeah
1: so i mean he definitely had that experience but i mean that's that's a quite a crossover from building you know a, a haunted house almost to, to shooting a movie that's 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 super interesting i have to give him a lot of props for that especially being that this is the film that he came out with because this is absurd
0: it's absolutely absurd. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous, but in, a, in an amazing way. And like, I think he threw so many different things into this movie and some of them work, some of them don't. And I think he was just like, I think he made this movie like a music video. Um, you know, just lots of different weird shit. And it, it's it's very Rob Zombie. And and I, I really appreciate that. Like he had his own style. No one has ever done a movie like this for good or bad, whether you like it or not. Like there's nothing that looks like this, feels like this exists like this and i love it it was refreshing to see it for the first time because it was so different it was i'd never seen anything like this and even watching it now 20 plus years after it came out it still is like pretty groundbreaking uh i mean it's you know it's scary it's violent it's campy and what i what i really love that he did is and i know other people have done this i'm sure but he really made it a point and he kind of does this in a lot of his movies but he made the villains the star oh, like the, the the so basically for those of you who don't know thousand house of a thousand corpses and i'm assuming most people have watched it but it's basically four young adults two guys two girls are driving along looking at weird rest stop attractions and they go to see this tree where a serial killer was hung they get like a flat tire and they are quote-unquote rescued by um this family of serial killers basically and then they try to escape and the four characters are like just i actually think the two guys are pretty interesting the two females are completely bland and could be anybody but you really don't care about them you really don't you really care about the killers and you want to see what what they do and you know there's no hope for these four young adults like, guess for lack of a better word and that was what Universal really didn't like also. They're like, you can't make a movie like this where the villains are the focus. Like, no one's going to want it. We want to see more of the kids. We want, that's who the story is. And he's like, no, no one cares about the kids. Like, I'm making something different. And I really like that. I really appreciate that. Because, you know, I mean, most of us, we all cheer for the killer, right? That's why we watch cheer, Friday 13. Cheer for
1: the bad guy. Yeah, yeah like, like, you know,
0: and like, yeah. so that's what he was, he was doing here, except it's like multiple killers and multiple crazy people. And it's just, I, I think just an awesome story. So speaking of the killers like what are your what are your thoughts on them like do you have a favorite of the of the group I I would say I think earlier I said baby but like really it's that Sid Haig character and I know he's not in the movie a lot and he does but he is awesome like his dialogue cracks me up every time like everything he says is fucking hilarious and I wish there was more of him in this movie I get why he had to be in a small dose but I would say he's my favorite how about you.
1: I mean, yeah, that that opening scene, um, dark and stormy, rainy night in October, that blue filter, it just looks so crazy. Those guys bust into his gas station. I mean, he he's cold. I mean, that that Captain Swollen is cold, man. And it's like you you wonder as as you watch the movie, is he? So is he like uh somehow you know affiliated with his family or is he just like a, a psychopath that lives in the same town as his family? But yeah, I mean, I do like him. Um The Firefly family—that's uh, hard to say. Firefly hmm. family, I do like them um, a lot. It's very reminiscent of like you know, like the Texas kind absolutely. of absolutely. And he family. even cast
0: Bill Mosley right, like as a as a direct tribute to Texas too.
1: Yeah, and and when I say Texas, I definitely do not mean Texas one. You could tell that that Rob Zombie is really into Texas two, really into Texas three, and I see a lot of that throughout the characters and throughout like the set pieces. It's very very Texas. Um, yeah, and, and I that's think that's kind of how he built oh, the sorry. family. That's all right. I, I just think that's how he built the family. Like he took those characters from like. The Texas family and just really amped them up, you know. You have like the grandfather character, but he had a real personality, like in in House. Um, you know, he had the, the the crazy brother. You know, the the son. They, they they they. I think they just really developed them. I mean, Tiny could easily be Leatherface mm-hmm. if, if you want to put like direct yep. comparisons. You know, the matriarch of the family. You know, she's like extremely kind of like bloody I guess and, and like but like like serious serious issues with her and and baby I I, I think the the family is is really interesting and I, I see why they come kind of come through as like the stars because I, I I did find them very interesting
0: yeah and just throughout the movie like once you once you meet them it's just one bizarre thing after another like when they do the performance like the guy doing the stand-up comedy. I hated I
1: hated that I, I'm gonna be honest with you I do I have it. a note here I have a note here and my my note says circus act was a bit annoying oh I mean, it's annoying it's <laughs> absolutely it's annoying. annoying but but what it does show is shows how like unstable and insane that this family is underneath this creepy demeanor because up until that point it it was just creepy who is this weird creepy strange family they probably don't get a lot of visitors you know is that explain why they're acting like this but then during like that act you're like man there's there's something like going on with these people like they're they're out of their minds you know and but it was it was really annoying and it was one of those scenes where i usually just kind of fast forward through it Uh. It I get the feeling Let's they do the that. same
0: act every year too. I think that's what makes it even <laughs> crazier. Like I think this is just what they do on Halloween, and I, I again I, I can see why it's annoying. It is annoying, especially like the way he did it with like the guy in the microphone like screaming basically. But to me, it's I think it's hilarious, and I think it. I don't know. I I, I just like to seeing the the two guys in the crowd like. Just kind of laughing it up and like having fun with it and the two girls and it's like this is like that would be us, like, oh, this is the fucking best shit. It's probably us at House of Thousand <laughs> Court. Yeah. A us. Two yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah no, who totally. hated that movie? They're probably that like, was, why did yeah, why did our boyfriend take that. us to we're, see we're this like, fucking Seen. movie? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh I'll i gonna tell you what one of my favorite scenes was was right after that, was was after that like kind of circus act where uh things are kind of getting a little creepy. So they're trying to leave in their car, but the but the gate. Is is closed so so Jerry gets out to, to open it. And that's when um Otis and Tiny, they're kind of just hiding out like in the scarecrow stands. Terrifying. And they just cut and they just come down and you're like, Oh my god, how'd you how did you think of that? And they just get like violently attacked and pulled out of the car. But the fact that they were just sitting out there waiting in the pouring rain for this exact moment yeah. to attack them, I mean, oh God, I just it's shocking and unexpected and really i mean it's almost like scooby-doo where like you know the 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 person's sitting there waiting all day and night to scare someone and then finally someone shows up and they could scare them
0: yeah because actually when did they when did they actually go out there to do that because they must've done it earlier, like, and had to know that at some point the people were going to yep. leave because it's not like they have phones so they get text and say, Oh, they're leaving now Like yeah, exactly. be out there for hours.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a terrible winter night. And yeah. they were just sitting there on a scarecrow stand, not moving, yeah. acting like scarecrows, waiting for them to try to leave so they could like ambush them. I thought, I thought that was, that was really cool. And um, just kind of, Winding back a little bit just with the with the look of oh, yeah. of this film, I mean there are so many scenes that were just like so crystal clear. But then he switches it to make it look like gritty and raw. And I don't know if he shot it like with 16 millimeter or something like that. It looked different a lot of the scenes, but um I, I never really saw that in, in a film before where you're like mixing like kind of like filming styles totally worked for me. I'm definitely a sucker for like that high contrast saturated look. I I love it. And that was probably like one, you know, the first times I really enjoyed it. And that just kind of reminds me of like Argento, Mm -hmm. you know, so you could kind of see like that Argento influence that he probably really think about, like for the look of his film. And then when he kind of switches over to like that more gritty look, you see like that Toby Hooper. And I just, I really like, I'm like, man, this, this guy is a fan and he's doing things that he knows we like as a fan. He knows that we watch Argento. He knows that we are watching like Toby, he he knows it. And, and he's like, kind of like, like making his own style at a blending. Those is brilliant at the time. I mean, no one else was doing that in 2003.
0: Yeah. I mean, it almost feels like six or seven different music videos, right. That you just Mm. kind of put together. And I wonder if, again keeping in mind that he did reshoot a lot of different stuff and like you know went back and, and was tinkering with it a lot and you wonder if like that like the different looks is because of that or if that was kind of original like i don't you know it's hard to tell like what was for which cut and what wasn't well like i don't even think he knows at this point uh, but yeah i agree and like the, the production design i mean this might be like one of the craziest production designs i've ever seen in a movie like everything is there's so much to look at and there's so much going on and and it must have been so much fun to build those sets and just to build the house or getting to again the very last i guess 20 minutes of the movie when you actually get to the house of a thousand corpses like that was wild and you know like I have mixed underworld. feelings yeah I have mixed feelings about that scene in general cuz it just plays a little weird and the movie does tend to drag in some points And I kind of feel like by that point it starts to drag and you have this big climax with the final girl. Um, So it's like, but it's, it's visually super cool um, to seeing all the different elements and like, just knowing that like, okay, there's this family of killers, but they're not even the real threat. The real threat is underground and you didn't even know about that, you know? And that to me is just absolutely terrifying and like really cool. Like was, I did not expect that. Like,
1: I, I mean, at, at the time we think about like leading first time we saw the film, you don't know what's going to happen next leading up to that film. It's uh, the police raid where they, they figure out that, you know, there's something going on with this firefight f- uh, family and uh, they're going to show up there and investigate, but really Otis is, is getting the jump on them and he already knows like, like what's going to happen. So they're taking care of business. And if you remember that one scene, and that, I mean, in the theater, was I mean, it you're was about the gunshot to the head. What scene? Yes, where, where he basically, you know, he gets the jump on the cop. The cop's standing there. He knows he has a gun to his head and there's some like music playing. Then the music stops. It's like 30 it seconds. Stops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it stops. And you're watching it at home, it has an impact. But when you're watching it in a theater, and there's 200 people in there, and it, it I mean, it was uncomfortable. Silent. Yeah, and you're like, all right, what's gonna happen now? I mean, you think you know what's gonna happen, but you don't know when it's gonna happen. And then, boom, and you just like, you heard like gasps, like people were just like blown away, and you're like, holy shit, what? All in slow motion. It's like, what, what did I just see? I mean, that was, I mean, it was horrific. And you're like, damn, you know, what did I just watch? That feels like the end of the movie and you don't realize that it's just like the middle of like act two like you just you just don't you just think that's that's it and that was the the climax the move they're gonna go have a party they're you know the whatever's gonna happen they're gonna do it again to the next people that that show up you don't have any clue that there's like this insane Verse underworlds where this doctor is still operating. I mean, it's it it was crazy, and and that underworld scene that really reminded me a lot of uh, Texas too, as oh, well. Absolutely, just just the way they they put it together. And um, Earl Firefly was down there. So, Which one was Earl? So he was the guy with the axe. He was the cool guy oh, with the axe. Yes, so he yes. he was he was the he was the husband. The father of in the family that went crazy and set yes that's right Set the house on fire i mean he was just down there working for uh dr Satan. you know
0: <laughs> I mean, and funny funny story that i read so apparently they used a real axe in that scene and apparently the actor could not really see in that suit so he was just swinging the axe and luckily the actress did not get killed but oh my god and i don't think zombie I mean, knew that the guy couldn't see until after they did it i i like it,
1: i mean i don't know how he I wouldn't know. know the whole point of the character is that he couldn't see I know. that's how she I know. got away <laughs> i
0: know, I, know. I, mean, I don't know how true that is but that's what i i read uh so yeah like mentioned it's interesting you say how that feels like the end of the movie and to me the movie really does start to drag after that and and why it and why to me it drags because like crazy shit happens like it doesn't just get boring like the next the very next scene like the guy's wearing like a suit of flesh and like like really fucking with the 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 people that are left like you have the whole dr satan scene but for me why it drags is because like so much fucked up shit has happened that i think by that point i'm just completely desensitized and i'm just like okay what now and and like it and it does it gets worse like it ratchets up like the movie gets more fucked up as it goes along, but I do kind of get to the point where I have a little bit of fatigue by that, where I'm just like, I'm exhausted right now because like this is a ride. And, and you know, that's not to say it's bad. It, like it's, to me, I do kind of tend a little bit, like I start to wander a little bit. And it's I think I do tend to shut this movie off at a certain point. Not, again, not because I don't like it, just because I'm like, okay, I've seen the scenes I want to see. Because uh, I've seen this movie probably dozens of times, but that's how I feel about it. It kind of feels like it's, like the real heart of the movie is that like that first half basically, and by that point I'm like kind of over it. But I don't know. What do you think?
1: I mean, to find out that the the legend, you know, the local legend isn't like a legend that it's oh it's a true super story. Cool. Yeah. Um, I always forget the the mother's name, but when she tells that that story about how Earl you know set the house on fire, like you don't really believe it, and it's just like all of a sudden they end up down there and everything they said was true it, it is a sensory overload when you get down there all the red lighting there's nothing but like skeletons and an odd waiting room of patients that are like being experimented on and there's a whole colony of of people he was trying to make killers from and it really only worked once which was with with earl was his only success or if you want to call that a success it was a lot it was a lot to take in um I thought dr satan was was a brutal brutal character and it's like you know it's like you went through like all this all this whole night and now you really are you're in hell you know it's red you're underground it's like it just kind of has like that element that like it's not going to happen for you today you're 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 in hell and (laughs) and this is and this is where you belong and it's going to get worse because as soon as soon as they went down there you're like nah it's, it's not gonna work out too well for them and i'm a little surprised he ended with her survivor uh texas one i guess you know you had to, to have something to kind of lighten it you know you come outside it's daylight you survived um yeah it is weird
0: that she got out because you know you, you get the feeling that no one's ever gotten out and there's nothing special about her and even getting that earl can't really see and he's just blindly swinging this axe like he come on he's been down there for he's a killer he's been yeah. down there forever like he knows where he the, killed things,
1: all those people yeah, but, yeah. but
0: she just happens to get away it just to me didn't make any like that was i could have done without that but i you know i get it like and he wanted yeah. to have that twist ending at the very end which was cool. I, um, I I
1: hate I hate the twist ending. I never believe it it never works out for me. Um you know, it's like just just end it. Uh same thing when I watched 31 the other day. Same exact thing with a weird twist ending. I agree. It's I could have like, done without that. Just thought. just end, just end yeah. it. Just like let it end. She got away fine. She got away. It makes no di- like it's like that jaws kind of thing or like the you know Friday 13th the, the kid comes out of the water it's like you, you don't need to get another scare in you literally had like an hour and 40 minutes of of torture blood and like some of the most gruesome scenes you've ever seen it's like, like like we don't care at this point we're not rooting for anyone at this point like, yeah. who cares you know
0: so why didn't you like 31
1: uh, you're not going to like why I didn't like 31 i, I didn't like i didn't like the killers I really they were all stupid. of them or just like I, I, I thought they were kind of lame and and like like i didn't, ah, i wa- I wanted to like them but i think they just were played a little too over the top where they weren't scary they were just kind of comical um the you know the the hitler spanish um small person guy uh that was it was just it was like it wasn't funny and it wasn't scary so like why should I be scared of this guy
0: yeah I agree it was really over the top I, I think just I like this type of movie where you know like a survival yeah with of? a bunch of different killers almost like a game show like I think I was telling you like like that slashers movie like I just but, love like, slashers yeah. I do like that <laughs> <Yeah>. I just <laughs> love that style of movie in general and it was cool to see like another one um i i do think the first like 40 minutes can be completely cut out like because it's not that interesting the dialogue is not that good and i I get they're developing the characters but to me it's just like i'm just bored right until they actually get to the place with the killers uh i i think i also probably could have done without cherry moon in the lead i think she's fine um like she's not bad in it i just don't think I don't really care I, she's not that interested like I, I here i guess that's my problem is I, well i guess it's like any other rob zombie movie right none of the protagonists you give a shit about at all um, yeah you know so you are kind of rooting for the killers here and i guess if you don't like the killers then what's the point because there's no one else is like redeeming that you want to root for uh,
1: yeah yeah you know it. it... I mean, it was the premise. I I do like the premise. The premise was set up to be fantastic. I think the execution just kind of failed a a little bit. And I don't know if it was the the setting or if it was it was too dark, maybe. And like the the kills didn't really pop, or and there was very very few. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, there's probably five people in total, and so maybe like five killers kills. got
0: killed maybe and then four yeah, five of the killers are, so like five I'm, root, I'm rooting
1: for i'm rooting for the killer i don't yeah. I don't want to end it like you know what i'm saying and i even think the way that the killers went down were, were a little a little bit weak um great concepts i like like some sort of illuminati kind of controlling this whole thing and they're using gold coins to like bet on on who's gonna live um I like the concept just God, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I want to know what you what you really liked about it. I mean, did, yeah. were you were you, in, were you into the killers? I, I, mean... I
0: did. Like I liked the killers again. I just I like this kind of movie. I, I thought it was brutal. I thought the scene with the two chainsaw guys, I think, was pretty creepy how they find this woman who's like tied up and they're not sure if she's part of the game or if they should save her. And then like she doesn't get she doesn't make it, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I really liked the last killer um doomhead who was also in three from hell who pretty much i guess replaced sid haig in three from hell uh, i think in three from hell sid haig was gonna have a much larger role but obviously he got very sick and passed and rob up he had to like rework the whole movie but i i really liked him um you know i thought it was again like you don't see maybe you do but like you don't see a ton of like really violent dark movies like that so I was, and it was good to see him kind of getting back to that because, like, he had just done the Halloween movies, then he did Lords of Salem, and then he did Thirty One. I was like, all right, cool. This feels like it's going back to kind of the Rob Zombie movies that I like. Um, so I, I enjoy it. I,
1: I think it it just it opened wrong for me. Like, there's like this twenty five minute monologue. <laughs> Yeah. Like in black and white. Oh I mean, yeah, just, I could have done without that. Like it I said, was, the first
0: 40 minutes, like I think. Yeah, you know, it, it yeah. was
1: it was just too much. I did like how they trapped you know the, the people, you know, where they 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 kind of like set up like that barricade and they all kind of like storm the bus. I, I thought that was really interesting. I I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is cool. This is going the right direction. And they kidnap them and they take them basically to the haunted house, which is really similar to House is October built. Uh, same, almost same, same exact way you get captured and kind of get thrown into like this survival kind of game show where you know you don't want to be a part of it. Really similar to that, but I just think that opening monologue and just, uh, some of the killers felt a little flat for me. Um, gonna be honest, it's probably only the second or third time I watched it. Maybe if I watch it again, I'll feel different.
0: I saw. I was reading, just doing research on Rob Zombie and stuff like that, and there was one reviewer that said Rob Zombie's trying to make like horror movies like Tarantino would, except he's not Tarantino. And I'm not a fan of Tarantino in general, but I thought that was interesting. And I kind of felt like when I think about like that monologue, almost seems like something that like maybe Tarantino would do in a movie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But anyway, like now that like I read that, I'm trying to think through like other examples of of kind of like how he puts together his movies, if they are like reminiscent. I mean, maybe Tarantino's an influence, who knows? But I think Rob Zombie's biggest influence, I think, is Rob Zombie, right? I think it's, you know, I think they're also pulling from the same movies because Tarantino loves those 70s grindhouse movies, and as as does Zombies, which is very clear in in these movies. So, I, I mean, I guess I could see the correlation.
1: Yeah, you could tell he grew up with that and like a lot of like that free kind of like horror theater that was like on public access. Oh, yeah late at night like nightmare theater or like a i don't know if you have it like a spangoolie that we, that we have i don't know if you yeah. have that over there but yeah i don't have like, i don't have cable like sat- so i don't saturday, but I know what it is it, yeah it, it's like public it's like it's public access almost uh it's like saturday nights just some ridiculous host and plays a usually a d-level movie <laughs> yeah my dad loves spangoolie actually he will
0: Saturday nights Spangoolie night I think he also watches Nightmare theater too I think Friday nights Bengoly and Saturday's Nightmare theater he was
1: so your father smokes a lot of weed this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so to wrap it all up let's get back to, to House of a thousand corpses so bloody Knives, what do you got zero to five let's say five five wow five yeah what are, what are, I can't are, I can't go <clears throat> that high
1: modern classic for me something I'll watch the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm close. I can't give it a five. I'm, I'm actually going to give it a four point five and
1: get a five, man. Get a five. I can't. I can't.
0: Just because, <laughs> it, again, it is it does kind of drag in parts for me. I feel like it, it could be a little bit tighter. Um, It is a little bit all over the place. But again, it's it's like no other movie I've ever seen. I love the movie. I it's I don't I wouldn't say it's like a perfect movie, in my opinion. But, love it.
1: Oh, man! all right no that's that's good I, and, and i'll take you that keep it real five yeah I'll I'll, keep, I'll I'll do that you know that's 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 fine uh i'm, I'm gonna stick with my five um i'm, st- I'm still kind of like mulling over this tarantino kind of thing you know where yeah i think they stick, look stick i think with, they have similar influences so yeah it really yeah, makes it's, sense it's, sticking with me he's like like a master of like that genre and it's like i don't is is zombie uh, of an auteur of horror i don't i don't i don't know you know i for me he makes too many mistakes to to, like he has i think out of all his movies i like two (laughs) so uh maybe maybe three so uh, i don't i don't think he rises to that status as far as like director level of being like like a master um i think there's very few but it's it's an interesting it's definitely interesting i think he tries yeah i definitely don't think
0: he's a master i think again even though i do love a lot of his films i do think that, again they are flawed they're not perfect i think again he does his style of film really well i think his what his like problem is in my opinion this is me just nitpicking he just tries to do too much He throws too many ideas and it just throws them all into the movie and some work, some don't. And it just, to me, like there's a lot of, in every one of his films, there's just a lot of stuff where it's like I could do it out that I could do it out that I could do it out that that was awesome. I could do it out that, that was really cool. So like, I think he just has, I think it's it's writing maybe just be all over the place.
1: Feel that. Anyway.
0: All right. Well, thanks everybody for hanging with us. I am going to finish this bourbon and enjoy the rest of my (laughs) night. All right. All right. Be well. Cheers.